are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 to 20 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Coming up on today's show, I want to look at the Giants' 2021 Zips projections, which were just put out today by Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs. Dan has been putting out these projections for years. Normally in years past, they're not released for the upcoming season until January or February. But this year they're coming out much earlier and the Giants projections were released today. So we're going to talk all about them next. But first a little bit about me. I've been a contributor for the baseball analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs, which is part of Fangraphs. I started a Giants podcast called Covecast in 2015 and then began hosting this show prior to the 2019 season. So we certainly looked at these projections, these Zips projections last year, and the theme for me was that I consistently was saying, this projection for this player seems to be overly pessimistic and that I believed the player could very easily outperform the projection. And that's really what ended up happening this year, more so than most of us could have even expected. So it's really interesting to look at what are the new projections, and then I'm also going to look at what were they last year to see how they've changed, which is basically to say how much did the 2020 season, even though it was a small sample, influence and change the projections for those players? Because we had so many players perform well, Mike Yastrzemski, Donovan Solano, Alex Dickerson, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Belt, on and on and on. So what were their projections coming into the year, and then how did they change moving forward? So without further ado, let's just jump right into them. So the player who's projected to be the best position player on the Giants, no big surprise, is Mike Yastrzemski. The Zips projection for Yastrzemski is a 264 average, 341 on base, and 477 slugging. Those are really quite good numbers, and the OPS plus projection here is 120, meaning 20% better than average production. I'll just add, he's also projected to be a good defender, and therefore a total of 3.2 wins above replacement for Yastrzemski in a projected 550 plate appearances. So solid. I mean, it's not star level it's not close to what he ended up doing this year in reality but it's certainly an improvement over what the projection was for him coming into 2020 so when we look back at what that was he was projected at a 245 average a 313 on base and 441 slugging which was an OPS of 101 meaning league average offensive production so Mike Yastrzemski in the short sample of 2020, improved his Zips projection by 20 points, 19 to be exact. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And another thing to to keep in mind here is just that 
these types of computer generated projections which are not using like you can't tell the computer that the giants have hitting coaches that are going to help players improve more than you know historically players tend to improve and so that's a theme here it takes a while for projection systems like this to believe when a player kind of breaks out and so what we're starting to see is a trend in that direction with a bunch of Giants players, as we'll see. But I still think these projections are being a little bit pessimistic. Maybe not in Yastrzemski's case. He certainly has, I would say, upside beyond just a 120 OPS+. plus. This year, that number was closer to 160 as opposed to 120. But little by little, the computer is recognizing this guy is better than it used to think he was. So Yastrzemski is a case where I think it's starting to look a little bit more fair. But as we go through this, there are definitely going to be players where I think it's still overly pessimistic about that player. So moving on to the number two projected position player on the Giants is Brandon Belt. And by number two here, it I, I am sorting it by wins above replacement, not actually by like offensive production. It's also incorporating things like base running and defense. So the number two overall position player in terms of his projection is Brandon Belt, projected to hit 244 with a 350 on base and 424 slugging, which is a 110 OPS plus, meaning offensive production that's 10% better than league average. So I would say that that's a little bit pessimistic following what Brandon Belt was able to do in a 51-game sample this year. Of course, we're looking at small samples with the 2020 season for everybody across the board. But what Belt did was he hit 309 with a 425 on base and 591 slugging, which was about 75% better than league average production. So to say that he's only going to put up 10% better than average production, I think is... I mean, it's certainly not capturing the upside that he has, as we saw. But what was the projection coming into 2020? Well, it was a 103 OPS plus. So less so than Yastrzemski, the projection system does not really buy into what Brandon Belt was able to do this year. So I think this is probably exhibit A so far in terms of the projection system maybe not recognizing that it seems that the Giants hitting coaches had a big influence because these projections are based on like historical information, right? And historically, you don't really have new age hitting coaches coming in and changing, fundamentally changing the swings of your players and helping them get the most out of their ability. Like it doesn't know that you have those coaches in place and that such changes are possible or likely. It's looking at your career numbers, and it's looking at, okay, you did this in a small sample. How much weight do we want to give that? And historically, if something like that happened, you don't necessarily give it a lot of weight. But when we saw it across the board for the Giants team overall, we as humans can recognize that something else is going on here. I don't think the projection system can see 
that as a team, the Giants so outperformed projections coming into the year that, you know, using our brains, we can say there's a reason for that. And I mean, the coaches were new, so it's obvious that there was a reason for that. But the system doesn't see that. So while I think it's getting better than it was entering the year, still underestimating some Giants players. So we'll continue to look through this list next. But first, I want to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. If you know me, you know that I love these bars. And I wouldn't be saying that about these bars if they weren't so low in sugar. Because I'm a health-conscious person, and I'm not going to be eating a protein bar that basically is a candy bar. But what's great about Built Bar is that they taste like a candy bar. They taste like candy, except they're somehow very low in sugar and high in protein. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. I'm going to give an example of the nutritional facts about one of these bars. The peanut butter bar has 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. There's a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised here in the second half of the show, we're just going to continue to look through these 2021 Zips projections for the San Francisco Giants. I don't think there's any chance we're going to get through all of this today, so so look out for this as the week goes on. It's one of the highlights of the offseason, so please come back tomorrow as we continue to run through this list. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all week, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of Locked On Warriors. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. But just continuing to look through these Zips projections, the number three projected Giants position player is Buster Posey, who comes in at a 91 OPS plus projection and two wins above replacement. Belt was at 2.3. So right away, we're getting like just average projections for Belt and Posey. About two wins above replacement tends to be league average for a starting caliber player. Zero, of course, is a replacement level player. But, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to like know what to expect from Posey given that he didn't play in 2020. So we won't spend too much time on this. But entering 2020, he had a 96 OPS plus projection. Andy was projected to be the best Giants position player. So a slight decline over what was expected coming into the year a year later, I think is normal for a player of his age. You're going to expect decline every year, unfortunately. But again, I think just like we saw Crawford, Belt, Giants veteran hitters improve under these new coaches, I think it isn't far-fetched at all to expect something potentially similar with Buster Posey. So I would probably take the over on this 91 OPS plus projection, meaning a projection that's for 9% below average offense. 
Coming in at number four is Austin Slater, projected to have a 348 on base, which is pretty nice, but a 415 slugging and just 7% better than average offense. This is an improvement over the projection coming into the year where he was projected to be 2% below average, so a nine-point increase. But still, if we look at what Austin Slater did in just 31 games this year, and I get it, it's 31 games, it's really hard to put too much weight into it. But if we look at what he did, I mean, my goodness, he he was a breakout player this year. Even though he played in just 31 games, he was the third best Giants position player, better than Flores, better than Crawford, better than Solano by wins above replacement, better than Dickerson because of how good he was. And he was a good base runner and a good defender as well. He had a 408 on base and 506 slugging, just killed left-handed pitching. And I think that's another area we talked all about this last year when these Zips projections came out, that they weren't accounting for as much platooning as the Giants were going to do. So in Slater's case, I think that's where I think he could easily beat this 107 OPS plus projection because if they're just consistently letting him face left-handed pitching against whom he has done so much damage and we saw it this year I mean he was a total lethal presence against lefties then he could easily outperform this so during the year in 31 games Slater was 52 percent better than average and this projection again is for just seven percent better than average So I'll let you be the judge. Like, do you think there's a pretty good chance Slater could outperform that? I would say yes, but that's just one person's opinion, I guess. Next on the list is Wilmer Flores with a 105 OPS plus projection. And again, what did Flores actually do this year? Well, he he was 21% better than average as opposed to just five. And again, they're going to get Flores those favorable matchups consistently So I think there's a really good chance he could beat the 5% better than average projection. I guess Flores signed after the 2020 Zips projections came out because they're not showing him as a member of the Giants yet. But I would wager that the projection coming into the year was worse than the new projection here because he performed so well this season. And I think I I really want to make this point really quickly that... Historically, like when you ask fans to make projections for, you know, the players on their own team, they almost always, in fact, if you have a big enough sample, fans are going to over predict the performance of their own favorite players. So when you do this across the sport, you end up with a result that is impossible because basically every player on every team does well. And of course, if Some players are doing well. It means some pitchers are doing poorly, right? And so fans are not the best projection generators. And that's why we do use computers and that they generally are better at predicting the future than fans. And so that is why I want to point out my own bias. I have been a Giants fan my entire life. And so for me to sit here and say, this guy's going to do better. That guy's going to do better. That guy's going to do better. There's certainly some potential for bias coming from me. And it's not even a potential. I'm definitely a biased person towards the Giants. However, I was right last year 
I think I have some logic on my side when talking about like the computer can't account for the coaching staff. It has no idea that the Giants have this innovative coaching staff, these hitting coaches, Donnie Ecker, Justin V. Lee, Dustin Lind. It doesn't know anything about them. It has no idea what they're capable of. It has no idea that that's why they performed so well this year, or at least we have strong reason to expect that given the circumstances, given the results. So I'm just trying to present you with all the information. We were right last year. And I think, again, with enough data, like if the Giants just continue to produce at a high level, eventually these projection systems catch up. Like I'm reminded of Max Muncy, who broke out in a big way with the Dodgers, just kind of randomly out of the blue, a few years ago, several years ago now. And I I follow these projections closely for every team. And for Muncy, it took a few years before it finally recognized that this was the player he was now. Because he had a little bit of a track record. He had played some with the A's, wasn't very good at all. So if you just out of the blue have this breakout, it doesn't just automatically buy into it. You need to prove to it that this is your new normal. I think it was clear to baseball fans watching Max Muncy that he was a good player suddenly. And the Dodgers have that track record of unearthing guys like this. And that when that happens and these players break out, like there's legitimacy to it. And so we could tell from, you know, using our human brains that Muncy was likely a really good player, but the projections for a while, it took a, a couple years. They kept under projecting him they kept saying okay he's going to be average when we could tell he's going to be like 30 percent above average so anyway there's a little bit of that going on here i think with the giants so i hate to just emphasize and re-emphasize that point but i think it's really really important so that is all the time we have for today i know we only got through five players but i wanted to make those points coming up tomorrow we'll continue to run through the position players Or maybe we'll turn our attention to pitchers and then look through kind of secondary type players afterwards. I don't know exactly, but the Zips projections are always a lot of fun, always a conversation starter. So all week long, we'll continue to look at these. We'll also mix in any Giants news and rumors that come out along the way as well. So thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review in the Apple Podcast Store. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspic. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. And until then, we'll see you next time.